Welcome to Real Tech Hours, a podcast where we talk about tech during real tech hours. We are stupid late. It is Thursday. I said this was coming out on Monday. Uh, yeah. <laughs> One of my New Year's uh, Eve or New Year's resolutions is to put this podcast out on Monday. So that's happening next Monday, guaranteed. I, I swear on my life I'm putting it out now next Monday. I don't care what it takes. I'm writing the script over the weekend and I'm recording it in the morning before I head off for class. I don't care what it takes. I'll do whatever it takes. I'm the Avengers right now. I'm Black Widow loading the handgun because it's not even necessary. Whatever it takes. All right? It's happening. It's happening next Monday. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. I've already started saving articles. Um, but I had the script written on Monday, and then it just it just got so late, and I had to go to sleep because I had to get up for work in the next morning. And then, and then you know, the rest is, the rest is history. Anyways, let's jump into today's podcast. Let's talk about today First of all, Happy New Year's to everyone listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I got to thank everybody. You know, thank you for joining. If you joined a previous podcast, thank you. You know, thank you for listening back last year. I can say that now. Haha, <laughs> it's been two days. It's last year now. Um, yeah, so we started, you know, obviously we started back last year. And I really just kind of, you know, threw it out there. And it was just like, let's just go for it. Let's just see what happens. And, you know, and, and, and we went for it, and, and it's not doing too bad, to be quite honest. We did start back in September on the 13th. I released two episodes. I released the introduction, and I released Apple Pulled a Fast One. And that was no script, off the cuff, straight out the fly. I mean, I was just loading up articles, like, as I was typing stuff in, and little clips and things that I had already seen. And then, obviously, we jump in with the the second episode being a whole lot more structured, the third, and, and then the name, we just keep going and going and going, and it just gets a lot better, and then we do, we got our first hot take on the 27th with Spider-Man rejoining the MCU, and then, you know, obviously we covered a lot of, a lot of interesting stuff, um, then we, uh, back on the 26th of November, we had the, the hot take with ranting about tech YouTubers while eating Popeye's chicken sandwiches, that was a request from somebody, that was kind of, that was kind of funny one to do. Um, but anyways, you know, I'm just really excited. I'm really excited for this year. It's going to be fantastic. I'm glad I'm doing this. I've been enjoying really doing this, um, writing these scripts and, and talking about this stuff and, and seeing people listen to it. Obviously, you know, I've only gotten uh, a handful of comments back. You know, I'd, I'd love some more, uh, listener feedback. I'd love for people to email me, tweet at me. You know, we got the real, t- at real tech hours. We got the email address, real tech hours podcast at gmail.com. But you know, it is what it is. I just keep grinding and we keep putting them out there and people will come you know so it'll be really fun um and and you know our listener numbers aren't too bad you know every once in a while we pull a a two or one but i also see some nines in here i see some nines some eights and some sevens more than i see the ones and twos so so that's really that's really good honestly it's more listeners than i would expect to listen to these um i i don't know i just didn't i just didn't expect it to to really go too far anywhere but hey you know i'm glad people are listening so thank you so much for listening here's to a great 2020 i hope it's great for everybody uh anyways let's jump into it let's let's start talking about what you guys are actually here for so today we're going to start off talking about google leading into real rant hours which then leads into real elon hours they're all really connected you guys will see and we will also hit real tech minutes and then look back at the biggest tech news story of last year as well as the predictions we made last year. 
As always, if you have a question, comment, topic you want to see discussed, or you just want to reach out, send an email to realtechhourspodcast at gmail.com. That is realtechhourspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow this podcast on Twitter, at realtechhours, to stay up to date with the podcast. Now, let's jump into it. So, obviously, first starting off, we got some Google news in terms of Real Stadia hours. The free games for January have been announced. The next two to join the lineup are Rise of Tomb Raider, 20-year celebration, and Thumper, a music-based game. What el- what, what's even better is that all the other free games are still open for claiming. So if you just received Stadia for Christmas, you're in luck, as the only game to drop out will be Tomb Raider Definitive definitive edition and it actually just dropped out yesterday so you still have five games you can claim you can claim farming simulator destiny 2 the new two one so rise of tomb raider 20 year celebration and thumper and then the other one is um shoot it escapes me but there's a fifth one i know it's out there somewhere it was it was in last month's uh oh no it's the samurai showdown that's what it is it came in the the first month with destiny 2 in other news, and let me just check real quick and make sure this is still accurate, because at the time of writing it, it was still a bomb deal, and it's gone. Frick, man, I wanted to get this out before it was gone. Probably wouldn't have made any difference. If you were looking to pick up a Pixel Slate, the deal went back on sale. It was another 350 off, making it the cheapest one, 449 or $18. Around 19 bucks a month. It was 18.71 for 24 months. If you got the Google Store financing card, it's an absolute slam deal. The mid-range device is 6.49. That gets you an Intel uh, i5 with uh, I think it was 8 gigs of RAM and 128 gig. Yeah, Intel i5, 8th gen, so it's kind of older. You know, we're in the 10th gen now, but it is what it is. It's still stupid fast. Um, eight gigs of RAM, 128 gigs of storage. It normally starts at thousand dollars. It started at six fifty with a free keyboard and pen. You can choose the um, the p- keyboard from Google, which was the two hundred dollar one, or the one from I think it was Logitech does the other one for um, what do you what do you call it? The the G Bridge the uh, is for one hundred fifty dollars, right? And yeah, so it was um, it was a pretty dope deal. I can't believe I missed it, man. How could I do that? How could I do it to him? How could I do it to him? Anyways, if the deal pops back up, keep your eyes out. They've been discounting them. That's the second time now. That's it was down from Black Friday, right? That's Black Friday's price, and then it came back literally a couple days after Christmas. I think they're trying to catch these people with that Christmas money. Um, but I, I have to say I'm impressed with the device. I, I don't want to do a full review of it just yet because I really haven't put the time in on it. I've, I've, I've been super busy. I've been playing a lot of, uh, video games just because I'm on break. I've been, I've been working pretty hard because it's, a uh, a lot of bonus, uh, time right now. So I work at, a I work at Wawa. It's like a sub, it's like a subway and a, and a 7-Eleven mixed together. You know, it's like food and, and gas station and it, they're pretty cool. And, um, for a lot of the holidays we get extra pay you know you get time and a half so say you work eight hours you get an extra four hours worth of pay just for being there because it's the holiday so i worked uh i worked a couple of days here and there throughout the holidays you know just to just to pick up some some extra pay and, and you know those kind of things you know just just because it makes it easier if you're able to pay for some stuff especially with the classes coming up you got to buy the books and then and then january is always my month for going and seeing the eye doctor and getting contacts and, and I'm going to get a new set of glasses this year. I want a new set of glasses. I haven't got one in a couple of years. 
but nonetheless, obviously, this pixel slate pops back up. I'm going to do a hot take on it. I, I thought about doing a hot take, but then I was like, no, I'm going to record the episode tomorrow. If this pops back up, I will do a hot take. I will let you guys know because this is a slam of a deal. I'm loving this device for the little that I've used it so far. I wrote the majority of this script, actually, on the device while I was on uh, playing on PS4. And and I've got to say, I just love it. I, uh, the, um, the only issue that I've had so far with it is the caps lock key doesn't always... If I hit it, it knows, and it, it shows caps lock is on, but I, I type kind of fast. So I hit caps lock, and then I immediately hit the letter, and I hit caps lock off because I'm, you know, I know people do the shift for the capitalization of the first letter. But it, it's always been weird for me. Um, anyways, the caps lock, it sometimes doesn't capitalize the letter. I don't, I don't know. Maybe there's, like, a little bit of a delay. Maybe I just need to get the, the bridge type from Logitech and see... See how that one does. Anyways, let's keep it moving. Let's keep it rolling. A render of the Pixel 4 has leaked, showing the device using a hole punch screen, keeping the headphone jack, a rear fingerprint sensor, and the same USB C port and bottom firing speakers. This looks like it's going to be a crazy device. They're going to launch this Google I.O. They did it last year for the Pixel 3a, which is the first time they launched an A device, an A series device. And I've got to say, I'm kind of hyped for this one. I might buy this one to replace, well, I say that, but maybe. I mean, because I got the. I obviously have the Pixel 3 XL, and I I love this thing. This thing is is brazy, and if they do enough improvements to the 4A, I might seriously consider it, especially if they, if they keep it at that $400 price point. And I'm not playing any games. Like, um, yeah, yes, I love my OLED screen and, and all that other, uh, all that other kind of stuff, all everything that comes with it. The higher end processor, I got the bigger. Uh, I got that little bit. I got a bigger battery, actually, an extremely bigger battery. Um, but you know, I'll give it a look. I'm not afraid, um, cause I'm not gonna get rid of this thing. I just have to pay for it off. I don't have much left on it, obviously, cause I did the Google Store financing for this guy just to make life easier. Anyways, what I'm trying to say is, it's gonna be an interesting device. Pixel 4a. Keep your eyes out. Hopefully, it redeems the Pixel 4 in terms of the media they've been they've been harping on it. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. Um, but anyways, let's let's uh, for our, our final Google one before we jump into real rant hours. Uh, Google Messages has started t testing floating bubbles for messaging. Similar to Facebook's Messenger, the feature will allow you to create floating bubbles that are a quick access for a text message thread. The feature will arrive with Android 11. Sorry, let me silence my phone because the sucker just started blowing up. Never had it blow up in, like that in the middle of an episode. Um, and it's currently only available for developers. So this is going to be interesting. I really like this feature back when I used Messenger, back when I didn't hate Facebook, uh, at least fully. I, I still disliked Facebook just because scrolling through my, my home page was always garbage. So I never even touched it. I uninstalled that and I just kept Messenger just because it was, it was very nice, very user-friendly interface. I absolutely love the UI. It was fantastic. And then when I just completely ditched Facebook in general, I moved away from it and I moved to Google Messages. And it's great to have messaging on your computer. I see why uh, uh, Apple fans love iMessages so much. Um, but I really like yeah, I really like Google Messages. And so with them coming up with the bubbles, that's what's up. It's gonna be the it's gonna be pretty sweet. I'm kind of excited. So 
hopefully, you know, Android 11 rolls around sooner than later. Hopefully, they announce it at I.O. this summer. If you guys don't know what I keep mentioning, Google I.O., Google I.O., this, Google I.O., that, with the Pixel 4a. If you don't know what I.O. is, it's where they talk about software. They talk a lot, a lot about software. They talk about the future of Google Assistant. They talk about the future of their smart home device. They talk about what they are doing to improve their products going forward in terms of software. They, they really, really talk a lot about Assistant. That's one of the big points. And then obviously this past one is where they posted the Pixel 3a, and that was kind of the first time they've ever done something like that, and people were really excited for it because people were like, whoa, like, here it is, and we thought it was going to come with the the Pixel 4. Um, but it didn't. It came in the summer, so... You know, hopefully we'll see Android 11 get announced in the summer, and it'll launch alongside the Pixel 4, which should not launch too late after that. And that would be super awesome. And then obviously, finally for Google, we got to transition to real rant hours. It's time to hit them where it hurts. I'm calling you out by name, dog, Michael Simon. You're probably not going to listen to this. You probably have no clue who I am, and you're probably never going to hear this, but you're a writer at PC World, and I have a bone to pick. You wrote a nice little article on December 26th titled, If You Got a Pixel 4 for Christmas, You Should Probably Return It. Here are some actual quotes pulled from the article. I went, I went through and read the whole thing, and I pulled these quotes, and a person physically existing on this faceless planet actually decided that these were decent lines to write. So first up, okay, quote. Any other phone you exchange it for will be better. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, hold on. Hold on. We got a second one. Quote, in no uncertain terms, the Pixel 4 is the worst Pixel phone I've used and one of the most frustrating confounding Android experience, Android phones ever at any price. It is buggy as hell. Its battery life sucks. Its update schedule flouts expectations. And those are only some of my objections. End quote. I could have pulled a few more. But those two sum it up pretty well. Uh, this, this writer goes on to rant about the phone, which they point out many things, and, and some of them sound like user error, such as wireless charging and, and face unlock. And um, all I've got to say is, 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 wow, that's something. Any other phone would be better than a Pixel 4. Clearly, you are not using a Pixel 4. You're using some budget discount blue device at $50, that somebody accidentally slapped a Google logo on the back because, it, or either that or you're blind. I mean, you just don't see what's happening in front of you. And, like, there's no, I, I don't understand how this person thinks they're having, or is having such a terrible experience with this one. I haven't even owned the dumb thing, and I know it's a lot better than this. I know it's a lot better than this. I know that the battery life is one of the big objections. And the update schedule is is not really fair, honestly. Right now, a lot of Pixel devices are behind on updates, and Google has not been very clear on it, so that's more of a, a Google side issue. That's not really with the phone. But even still, you're getting these updates faster than everybody else is still. Like, like just recently, Samsung started catching up and publishing these updates in relatively in relatively quick time after Google releases them. And it's like, really? And and Google even came out and announced, they didn't actually announce it, a person sent them, an, sent them an email, and they replied, and they were like, look, if you haven't gotten it yet, don't worry, sit tight. It's going to come bundled with the January one. And I'm pretty sure I am up to date, at least, on my 3XL. But, you know, if if you got to wait three more days to get the latest update, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Nobody's immediately trying to hack into your phone. I can tell you that right now. I can tell you that right now. We're going to talk about that. Uh, talk about a little privacy here in just a second. 
But it's gonna be okay. It'll be alright. I guarantee it. Uh anyways. Let's let's jump into the next rant. I'm ready to get it. I'm I'm ready. We're starting not look, twenty twenty is the year of the savage, alright? We're going full savage mode this year. No holds bars. I don't care. I already told a bunch of people. I'm telling you know, I told my best man Nick over there, I was like Nick. I was like, twenty twenty is the year of the savage, you're not gonna believe this, but we're gonna go absolutely brazy. And we're doing two we're doing three rants. We're doing three rants and we're gonna do we're gonna do something special for the third one. Anyways, next rant. Gizmodo published an article titled Nobody Listen. It's called Literally Nobody Listened. Alright? It was published last Thursday, and it brings up a topic that I've seen discussed often, typically referred to as the, quote, price of two-day shipping, end quote. It talks about how despite their constant warnings, Amazon still raked in money and sold Alexa devices. It's the holiday season. The writer goes on to discuss the various issues that they have with Amazon, such as privacy concerns, the current labor strikes, and, and other issues. I'm putting aside the labor strikes. Obviously, I don't, I can't personally speak to that too much. I have never worked with Amazon. I've never worked for Amazon. And I'm not close enough to the issue to know all the details for me to speak about that. I don't even think this writer should be uh, speaking about that. I think that's something between, you know, the employees and then the company and then and then maybe the government or, or some governing body that's got to step in there. Um, obviously, you know, if really messed up stuff is happening and stuff's coming up, but we don't know the full story. You know, there's there's a lot of context that gets left out in some of these things, and and I mean these people are making a lot of money. These people these people are making more per hour than I am, and I'm out here grinding. Anyways, I, you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say they're right, but I'm not gonna say they're wrong either. Uh, I I would just like to you know know the full story before I comment on something like that. Um, anyway, so let's put them aside. I don't understand the whole privacy issue. I'm just gonna come out and say it now. I I I've never been on a a big privacy ag advocate. I don't get it. I really don't understand. Um, I I don't know where people are coming from with this. I I don't I I don't get it. People, so in the article, they point out how Alexa devices are always listening, quote quote, you know, and that this is an issue. While I can see it as as an issue, as everything always being recorded, they offer the ability to delete those recordings as does Google Assistant. Nonetheless, I I don't get the privacy concerns, which seem to be a major topic for tech in general. Uh, you know, the spans across boundaries, it's like, it's like, oh, you know, you have an Android device, it's collecting X amount of data points on you on a daily basis, whereas the iPhone is collecting only so many, right? I, like, what? What are they going to do with it? I don't, <laughs> I mean, are they going to push you better ads? Like, if they, if they show me something that I'm going to want to buy, and they were able to show me that because they pull more data points off me, I, I mean, I don't see the downside. I really don't see the downside here. Maybe I'm just blind. Maybe I'm just not seeing it. But I've, I've thought about this a lot because I've had this opinion for a really long time. Pretty much ever since I started hearing about these privacy concerns people are having about Apple pushing, oh, we're so we're so private, we're so privacy focused, and and all these kind of things. Especially starting back with the that um, that sh the guy who committed the the uh, terrorist attack. It wasn't a terrorist attack. It was is that that shooting or whatever. And they, the FBI, I think, or the CIA wanted the Apple to unlock the phone for them. But Apple's like, no, we won't do it. And then they come uh, back a couple days later, and they're like, well, we're just going to crack it without you. And then they cracked it. And it's kind of like, really, Apple? You guys couldn't just unlock the phone? You didn't need to give them uh, a a skeleton key. You could just unlock the phone for them and, and that kind of thing. Because uh, I think their initial demand was a, a backdoor in. But, you know, maybe that's stepping the bounds a little bit. Um... 
But you know, it's it's like, what are they gonna do? What are they really? What are they really gonna do? What are, what are you so concerned about somebody doing with your data somewhere? What are you so concerned about Google doing with your data? What are you so concerned about with with Amazon with your data? Like what? Are you committing? Are you having drug deals in your living room or something that you need uh, that you don't want your Amazon devices to hear? Like. <laughs> I really don't get it. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. So, I mean, if you've got some ideas or topics on this, please, please, please reach out to me. We got the email, realtechhourspodcast at gmail.com. We have the Twitter handle, at realtechhourstweet. Email. I get both of them directly to my phone, and I will reply, like, nearly instantly. Uh, anybody who knows me personally can tell you, you know, like, my phone is on me 24-7 pretty much, and I get a text, I get an email, I get a, I get a tweet I get I get something on Instagram wherever it is I'm pretty much there if I'm not asleep right so uh, hit me up let me know what you guys think on this one I don't I don't understand the privacy concerns I, I really don't get it um, and then finally for our real rent hours the CEO of Honda has come out as a brain dead idiot <laughs> let's let's Oh boy, this is gonna jump into real Elon hours if you guys can't tell. But let's get it. So he's come out and and he said EVs are not a top priority. Here's a real quote. I do not believe there will be a dramatic increase in demand for battery vehicles. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, let's read the full little, um, let's read the full little, uh, his whole little comment here. So, uh, this was an interview with Automotive Weekly, and the CEO comes out and he says, uh, you know, so, you know, uh, there are uh, different regulations in different countries, and, uh, we have to abide by them, so it's a must to continue with R&D, but... I don't believe it will become mainstream anytime soon. I don't believe there will be a dramatic increase in demand for battery vehicles. And I believe the situation is truly global. I would have done an, an Asian impression there if I swear on my life it would like not come back and it, and, and absolutely clap my cheeks because I could totally feel that one coming back. But, but even, even still, like... <laughs> I mean, oh my lord. Oh my lord. How... Is he blind? Does he not know what Tesla is? He has to be blind. He has to be blind and deaf and not have a brain in his head for any of these comments to make any sense coming out of his mouth. And and Electric goes here and points out that this is really disappointing, especially coming from Honda. They've been one of the, one of the, big, one of the big pushers into, into the future of technology. Right, they're the like, they're the first to launch a hybrid vehicle back in 1999. They also point out that it was the first to introduce engine technology to meet the U.S. Clean Air Act standards without the need for a catalytic converter. I, the frick is a catalytic converter? But I'm glad that they don't need it. I'm glad that they meet the U.S. Clean Air Act standards. But I mean, what? What happened? 
What happened? Everybody just fell asleep in the last decade? That's what it is. It's 2020. They're going to wake up now. That's what it is. It was the last decade. Every single car manufacturer was asleep, and they just didn't know what they were saying, and they were like on autopilot. And now they're awake, and they're going to actually start making some bloody sense up in here because I swear on my life, these are some of the stupidest people who have ever been interviewed on the face of the planet. These are <laughs> – like right now they're setting records for the level of idiosity that you have to bring to an interview to say something like this out loud. Like if, if I ever said anything like this out loud, I would want to be publicly shamed and maybe even executed. I don't know because this is just ridiculous. Like, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Tesla stock price just jumped over $300 and you're still like this. Oh my lord. Tesla just opened a factory in China and you're still like this. They just they just delivered. We're going to cover it in the next uh, episode. But they just delivered vehicles in China for the first time from their company and they're. they're people are oh my lord oh my lord it gets me going it gets me going i can't i get you know i could easily go on for another 20 minutes talking about these guys and and absolutely railing them but i'd rather not and let's that was it for first for first real rant hours of of the new year of 2020 we had three rants uh some pretty good ones and with that let's jump into real elon hours so first up tesla has delivered the first cars made at gigafactory 3 in china the first 15 cars were delivered today so uh or not today sorry a couple days back so obviously we are covering it in this uh, episode but all of them were to tesla employees they also confirmed in an SEC filing that they secured a 1.3 billion dollar loan to help complete the gigafactory 3 as well as make some of the vehicles extremely exciting extremely exciting it's going to boost their numbers it's really going to juice their uh production ability they hope to get up 150,000 cars out of this factory a year or something like that um but anyways china's going to be a huge market for them this is going to be absolutely fantastic a lot of a lot of uh chinese buyers are yeah, okay so so obviously, you know, over in China, cars aren't as big as they are here in the U.S. Not a lot of people own them, but a lot of people who do own them are switching to buying electric vehicles, and so this is perfect. Instead of exporting the vehicles and, and going through the the potential tariffs and and taxes and trade barriers and and blah blah blah, we we skip that. We just build a factory there and we start selling them. It's genius. Let's build a factory in Europe and start selling them there too to skip the tar tariffs and trade barriers and taxes and and all that other stuff. I mean, this is absolutely. <laughs> This is brilliant. This is so brilliant. This is the way to do it. It's the way to run your business. You want to sell something somewhere, you should build it nearby. Uh, I mean, that's always that's always been a big thing. Anyways, Lucid Motors has started taking $1,000 deposit, $1, deposits for their air vehicle, slated to begin production late next year. They began taking deposits back in 2017 at $2,500, but reduced the price by $1,500. Uh, they hope that this will attract more potential customers and boost their cash standings. That is going to be interesting to watch. Hopefully that means that they're closer to production and hopefully it's just not a grab for cash when they need it. You know, quick cash grab. Um, in other news, the first 250 kilowatt hour superchargers were installed in China. The Six of them have been opened up in Shanghai, with obviously more planned on the way. Uh, Tesla's also filed a patent for new battery chemistry, a step towards their goal of making the vehicle battery last as long as the rest of the car. So obviously we already know the powertrain lasts for a million miles. Now we just need to get the battery packed. Dare Musk eventually 
hopes to get the entire car to be able to last 1 million miles, which is as long as a commercial-grade truck. The patent also details it would be useful in not just electric vehicles, but grid storage as well. Um, super cool. Obviously, we've got some super we've got some version three superchargers here in uh, in the states. We've got them over in uh, just outside of their headquarters or, or factory. I can't remember which one it is. But somewhere I think it's in Palo Alto, um, California. Either way, um, super awesome to see them start rolling this out. And hopefully, you know, obviously they just opened that string up in Canada. We talked about it on the last one, and uh, yeah, so it'll, it'll be kind of interesting. Finally, Tesla has enabled hardware three. Oh, sorry, Hardware 3's autopilot redundancy. So essentially, there are two computers inside each Tesla equipped with Hardware 3, which is called HM3, uh, each running autopilot, but only one active at a time. This enables the vehicle to continue to function on autopilot should the one currently operating crash. So, uh, you know, this is another step of, uh, this is another example of a step forward towards self full self-driving being feature complete or FSD. Uh, yeah, so I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. You know, you gotta have a backup just in case. You know, you got a program running on your computer, it crashes sometimes. It's just, it's just like that, you know, autopilot is a program. It's very, very, very big program, very, lots of, lots of variables and lots of, lots of everything. And so just to have one running in the background, just in case it's gotta take over, absolutely brilliant. It's a, it's another uh, safety feature, obviously, and, um, yeah, it it just shows they're they're slowly inching closer. Obviously, this one hasn't been taking over yet. Obviously, they've just had autopilot um, running as it is with with the driver on standby to take over should there be an error or should autopilot crash or should there be something autopilot isn't prepared to take on yet. Um, but you know, we gotta gotta get it going sometime. Uh, the second computer was just in a do-nothing loop before this, and now, obviously, it's on startup. It's running autopilot, so that's super dope. So next, let's jump into Real Tech Minutes. We're going to wind down the podcast. We've got a little something special at the end. Um, so first up, Samsung might call their next entry in the Galaxy series, the Galaxy S20, as it would not only align with the year, which is now 2020, it would also it is also the anniversary of the Galaxy series this year. Samsung launched the first Galaxy phone back in June of 2010. Uh, so it was first pointed out by Ice Universe, a well-known tech insider, as 20 symbolizing the beginning of a new year or the be a new beginning, and that could be the new name. And then a some people came along and were like, well, it's also 2020, and it's also their 10-year anniversary for the Galaxy series this year in June. So I, I, it all lines up, and we're going to see it soon. It, it's coming in, like, what, two months or something like that? We get the we get the, we get get the the launch of it or, or the official unveiling? I'm not exactly sure on the date, but I know it's coming soon. So that'll be super awesome to catch. Um, we also caught a glimpse of the new camera layout for the coming device. The phone will feature a five-camera layout on the back of the device with a larger square than either the iPhone 11 Pro or the Pixel 4. It was initially thought to be laid out in a scattered placement, you know, kind of all over the place, kind of look like uh, uh, number five on Domino's. Um, but further leaks point out point to a more uniform layout. We'll just have to we'll just have to wait and see on this one. Tesla suit has shown off a new glove that will enable users to feel virtual objects and gather biometric data. 
It will fully debut the device at CES in January with a shipping goal of the second half of 2020. Tesla's suit is mostly known for their full-body haptic feedback suit, which is used for training, medical rehabilitation, and other professional applications. The Tesla suit glove will be no different, but don't expect them to make any consumer-level versions yet, though, as the glove itself costs around $5,000. Wow. So that's it for Real Tech Minutes. Normally we end the podcast with Real Tech Minutes, but since it is the start of the new year, the end of the old year, let's jump into something else. So to end this episode, we're going to take a quick look back at the biggest tech news story, as well as all the predictions we made last year. So first, biggest tech news story, this is not going to come as a surprise, the Samsung Galaxy Fold. I mean, that absolutely took the world by storm last year. And it made headlines, tons of headlines starting back uh, with all the issues when reviewers had them and then the re-release and, and now tons of people have them and reviews are out and people are absolutely loving the device and it's the first first real foldable that we've got in our hands. You know, we've, people are going to argue the Royale Flex Pipe. Nah, screw that phone out. Get, get, get out of here. Get out of here. You don't even count. You don't get to count. Anyways, uh, the, the Galaxy Fold, that's where it was at last year. Tons and tons and tons of, of videos and, and articles and people and, and stories and, and, and podcasts and radio shows and on the TV you hear about it. And, and you heard about this thing everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. So that is most certainly the biggest tech news story of last year. Next, let's see those predictions. So back on episode 17, titled New Segment, Google and Apple Stuff, back on December 3rd, we had the first um, real prediction hours where we where we kind of gathered up the predictions we made previously and then threw them all together. And I just want to reiterate them going into this new year, you know. So we gotta we gotta because we gotta start fresh, and we and then these predictions will carry over into this year. A lot of the predictions I made don't don't expire next year. They weren't happening next year. Anyways, what's the first one? Apple's Rundle. It is happening, and it will happen soon. Apple will most likely launch a Rundle within the first half of this year. And I'm going to go with it. It's going to be titled the Entertainment Bundle, and it's going to include Apple TV+, Apple News+, Apple Arcade, and Apple Music. So music is a little bit of a wild card here. While it is the large collection of subscribers, it could be difficult to bundle with other services due to its popularity. A solid entry-level move into the Rundle space would be the first three, giving them a test Rundle before going bigger. Second, Disney Plus as the dominant streaming service. Some quick numbers as of Four weeks from launch, this was back on December 13th, they are still adding, you know, around about a million subscribers every single day. They've already generated, or by this point, by December 20th, by December 13th, they'd already generated $22 million in in-app purchases. Uh, they already had 22 million app downloads, and they're also carrying their other services with Hulu downloads up 46%, and ESPN downloads up 34%, and Roku is up something like 40-something percent. Um, but none the less. Speaking of Roku, that is our next prediction we need to talk about. Checking the stock price real quick over the past month. It's been kind of strange, so we're kind of in limbo here, uh, especially over the past six months. You know, they, they've been really skyrocketing recently, and, and, um, and now they're back down, and they were back down when I was when I was thinking about this, and, and now they're back up. They were down to 131, then up to 136. It's it's all over the place, so it's unclear. It's unclear what's happening. I think it's going to take some more time to say that before they're going to be acquired. Um, you know, like Scott, I'm going to go back to to what Scott Galloway is saying. I, I have to absolutely agree. He says that if their stock price rises, they acquire a content creator, and the stock price falls, they get acquired. So who 
could they buy and who would buy them? Obviously, a smaller studio, or they could launch their own. They would just need to buy, hire the staff. Um, probably buying a smaller, probably buying a studio would be the better move. It's it's gains you some instant brand recognition and those kind of things. But who could acquire them? I was initially leaning towards Disney, uh, for Disney Plus, just because I thought that was the smartest move for Disney for them to acquire. I still think it is, but I'm just not sure at this point. I honestly don't know. I haven't seen anything about Disney looking towards uh, acquiring their own platform or anything like that. I think it's way too early on for maybe even Disney to be thinking about this kind of thing. Maybe Netflix is probably going to be the most likely one to buy, but I'm not going to say, I'm going to say I'm leaning more towards Netflix, but I'm not going to say I'm leaning towards either one a great deal. Uh, I'm just going to really keep it out there and, 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 and so they're either going to buy somebody or they're going to get bought by Disney or Netflix, uh, leaning a little closer towards Netflix, but just not a lot. Then back on episode 19 titled ranting a lot, selling, uh, settling later case, EVs are hard and big, predictions this was on december 18th we talked about roku again so i said roku sits at 15.97 billion dollar market cap uh slowly decreasing recently obviously it's going back up a little bit recently um so we talked a little bit more about it you know we talked about we talked about some reasons for why disney would be a big buyer you know they've already got that big promotion with hulu disney has a capital and the brand to seize the opportunity we, t we talked a lot about the stuff and and obviously you know i'm walking some of it back here i'm, I'm re-entering netflix in the space i mean even putting them a little bit ahead of disney plus now because it, it just makes so much more sense to me now that i think about it for 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 um you know, the more that I think about how new and how fresh Disney Plus is and how focused they are on just making sure that they bloody that they bloody make it. And uh, they've got all these TV shows coming out and all this other stuff. And Bob Iger is stupid busy, man. He's stupid busy. And, you know, he's at the forefront of a lot of what Disney does. And I just don't see them having the time or anything like that right now to to, to, to to be looking into this too much. Maybe they are, and maybe I'm just underestimating them, and maybe they're absolute workhorses, but but I don't know. Maybe. I guess we'll see. Still holding off on this one. Somebody, they're either going to buy somebody they're going to get bought. That's what it is. That's what it comes down to. And then you had a second prediction in uh, that one. Um... Oh, yeah, sorry. Yes, we had a second one. There it is, Google Stadia. That's right. Google Stadia becomes a major competitor by the end of 2020. I'm sticking with this one. So one year from now, at the end of this year, the war will be PC versus console versus Stadia, and subscriber growth will expand rapidly soon. Obviously, soon they should be opening up to um, the public for the free version, and then obviously for people to buy the Stadia Pro and, and, and all that kind of stuff, blah, blah, blah. Um, subscriber growth is going to expand rapidly, and the platform is expanding its library fairly quickly and introducing features that is already shown off at a much faster rate than people were initially expecting. So, so I still see this prediction as only true. You know, as, you know, I'm not backing down. The only prediction I'm really backing down on is the Roku one. I'm not 100% sure. I'm kind of hanging this out there. Maybe I'll maybe I'll take another in-depth look at it and and try to put something together for next Monday. But but probably not. I'm probably just gonna hold on to my horses. I'm probably just gonna sit in my chair and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wait and see on this one. Nonetheless, that has been the first episode of 2020. This was super hype. We are, oh man, pushing it close to the 40-minute mark here. Hopefully, you guys, you know, got some time for this episode. I've been trying to stick around the 30-minute mark. I think that's the sweet spot. And maybe we'll move back into the 40-minute mark. I don't know. I really like the 40 minutes. I really like the long form. I feel like I get a lot more into it towards the end. Anyways, with that, we will finish up today's Real Tech Hours. We started off talking about Google 
which led into real rant hours, which then led into real Elon hours. All of those really connected. You know, had some good rants, talked about a lot of um, Tesla and a lot of Google. Uh, we also hit real tech minutes with a couple of cool stories and 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 uh, Samsung and and uh, the Tesla suit and, and those cool things. And then we took a look at back at the biggest tech story last year, which is the Galaxy Fold. And we look back at our predictions so we can remember them because they're going to happen this year or they're not going to happen. And I am totally outright wrong, which could be okay. It'll be all right. If I'm completely wrong about all these predictions, I'm not going to be upset. Uh, it's just like I've got to take another quote from Scott Galloway's book here. I don't make predictions to be right. I make predictions to learn. And that is absolutely right. That's what people need to do. That's how it should be done. Anyways, you can find this podcast on wherever you're listening to right now. Or if you want to reach out and you want to, you want to listen on a different platform, we got Spotify, we got Google Podcasts, and we got Apple Podcasts. None of those fit you. We have, we can be found on Anchor.fm, Breaker, CastBox, Radio Public, Overcast, TuneIn. I mean, I've got a bunch of major ones. If, if I don't have one, tweet at me and email me and I'll reach out to them and see if we can get something worked out follow the podcast on twitter at real tech hours to stay up to date with the latest podcast news and updates if you have any questions comments or you want to reach out you can send an email to real tech hours podcast at gmail.com it could be topic recommendations articles questions comments just about anything reach out to real tech hours podcast at gmail.com thank you for joining me during these real tech hours thank you for joining me at the beginning of this year i hope everybody has an absolutely fantastic 2020 and i will see you all in a couple days on monday i guarantee it i'll catch you guys later Peace.